Welcome to Roaring Twenties, a podcast dedicated to hanging out and learning all the things you should know while you're 20 in the 20s. I'm your host, Nick, and today I have someone I've never met before, but I'm very excited to talk to. They're a young queer POC, just like me, and they're direct, they are a director of an exciting new film coming soon called How to Raise a Black Boy. Please welcome Justice Jamal Jones. Woohoo! Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi, I just want to say I love that you have a three name name and they're all J's. It's just like it rolls off the tongue and it's like, I am here. I love your name. I live for it. Yeah, it's pretty intense, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It, it fits me really well, I think. I, I want to ask um, first and foremost, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are he, him at the moment. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've been like, really like the other day i was downtown with some friends and like this one dude was just talking to me and he was like hello sir ma'am miss and i was like okay i'll just take all of that but like i think people know more about my gender strangely than i do i know that's a weird thing to say i feel like sometimes i just i don't always like really think about it too much you know like i'm just like kind of living my life but wait um, what's your sign i'm a sagittarius oh and that concludes our episode with justice jamal (laughs) (laughs) oh my god no i'm crazy i know i know i know i i know it's interesting you say that because i actually i have a similar relationship to my gender identity as well because I feel like labels are for other people more so than they are for me. I just am like living my life and everyone seemed like it when I was um unlawfully arrested, one cop um asked me how I identify and I was like non-binary and he was like his like brain was like what? And then the other cop looked at me and he was like ma'am and I was like yes, thank you. <laughs> I was like I will take it. I prefer that instead, but my pronouns are they them. Um and yes okay so how old are you i'm 21 i'm from omaha nebraska i'm there right now really Um, yeah i'm from omaha nebraska just very like not like small town but very like suburban very like white picket fence kind of scary but like Mm -hmm. and are you born and raised Yep, born and raised there. Um, moved to New York um, for college. Can't wait to get back. Counting down the days. Yeah, so um, did you, um, like leave the city when everything kind of stopped? Yeah, I left the city just when things started going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what what was it like growing up in Nebraska being... Did you, um, did you know about your gender identity and or any anything any type of identity growing up? Because I had no concept of it. Well, it was really interesting. I grew up. My parents they 
ran like a group home um, at this place called Boys Town in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with like hundreds of like teenage boys over the time I grew up. So it was kind of wild to be like this little like queer fairy popping around this house with this house full of like 12 like teenage boys from all around the world. And it was really great. Um, But like gender wise, I always just kind of, I had a really good mom. I have a really good mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And moms like thing. I love moms. Yeah, like, she was just, like, all right, we're gonna let you, like, live your life and do whatever you kind of want to do, um, and I think growing up, I got, like, a really thick skin, because I already grew up with all of these, like, just, like, in a, a really, like, like, the patriarchy was such a big deal in my house, because it was just all men, like, it was just, there was just so much testosterone, so I, like, I think I got a really thick skin, and I was just like, okay, I'm doing whatever I want to do. And like, that's how it's going to be. You know, like I, at a certain point, I was just like, I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was really, one thing that I've been like really looking into is that I may, I like to think of myself really as like a queer romantic person, not really a person that has like always like, a queer like sex drive I guess and I think a lot of that comes from um also the way I grew up with all these different types of like people in my house or just like I I think when I like when I like to look at myself as a child I always I'm like I guess I wasn't thinking sexually all the time because I was like seven but I did know that like I had um like more romantic feelings for like um men and queer people in general so yeah that's interesting yeah i um i have like a similar some wow words i have a similar experience (laughs) um growing up i it was just like normal for me and then like literally like like i can remember in preschool like you know what i mean Uh uh-huh holding hands with boys and girls and it was just all so queer and also normal I had such a healthy connection to my femininity and my masculinity and then like around third grade it was like wait I'm supposed to only like girls and I was like what and then I was yeah. like guess I'll go along with it <laughs> exactly yeah until I like re rekindled my queerness in uh high school but yeah, it's very oof. Coming up is is very tough. Um, what is what has life like been for you more so recently since quarantine? Um, Did you have to continue school? Yeah, I had to continue school. Um, that was like interesting. Um, to be honest, I kind of dissociated from that because I was like, this is so weird that like now I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, I guess it just we're done now. <laughs> With school like it was just like the strangest experience because I was just like in New York going to classes and then like six days later I was in Nebraska going to classes via Zoom and like that was just like a whole world flip you know like it wasn't like I'm still in New York still doing classes and like I was just it was a whole different a full 180 exactly it was a no for me (laughs) 
have really bad ADHD and my Meisner class is three hours. And I was like, I was like, you can't expect me. And oh my gosh. And the teacher, I love her. Um, yeah. And when I tell you, she she had specific expectations she was like oh the light like this like did not work like you had to have a flat background a a solid background rather um and you had to have like your hair a certain way like she was like you can't have your bangs in your face and like all this stuff and we're like woman we are in our own home i am it is and and like people on the west coast I felt so bad for them because they were three hours behind. So they were doing dance classes at 6 a.m. And I was like, not I. Where's my refund? See you in spring when all this is over. Um, yeah. I would be like, no. No. Not at all. Oh. I just think, yeah, it, it, was, it's, it was really interesting. But now after that after school i think to be honest the quarantine has been really good for me because i've had to like be okay with being alone you know um like i recently just came out of like not bad relationships by any means but like i have been i just i think new york is a lot of like there's a lot of people who can take your energy really fast. Yeah. And like, they don't mean to by any means, but it's just like the culture of just like meeting new people that yada, 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 like, mm-hmm. and it's just, and it's also just like being, Oh, all the time. Hold on. My cats are, <laughs> I love them. They're so cute. I see them in the bat. Yeah. They're like fighting each other. Well, also oh each bath. <laughs> So have you and that's so interesting because that's also been like my journey too I have like really bad issues with being alone but I also like enjoy being alone it's like this weird like relationship with it but I'm learning like especially with having ADHD of like having a schedule and I'm like mm-hmm. weeding out things that like I wouldn't have even like come to otherwise um I've like started projects like this podcast and I've done so much more on my own with all this time than I thought I would. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, I'm like surprised because a lot of it was just me being like depressed in my bed. And so now, and like, even like now, like seeing everything on social media and everything and like never at least feeling for me like never having that exhale like I need to exhale now just thinking about like all the stuff that's online um and so it's just like very I'm just like proud of myself you know because there's like so many things there's so many things that I feel like there is this voice that's like you need to be doing stuff you need to be doing stuff and there's other voice that's like no it's okay to like take time for yourself and to like yeah. feel this and like you don't have to be going out all the time and like protesting or doing this and like being at home and like all that stuff and so to like actually come out with something and like this up and down is like oof like how have you been i know in in the wake of everything that's been happening within these past 2 weeks how has that affected your mental health your relationships with um 
people who are non-POC relationship with people uh, of color. Um, and how have you been like during this, these past two weeks, past three weeks? Yeah. Um, I've been a little bit, to be honest, irritated um, because I think, especially as a Black person, you know that, like, this fight is not new. Exactly. And it's not, like, just a random thing that has happened. And it was really annoying to see everyone just have these, like, Oprah aha moments about race in 2020 when I was, like, y'all, like, come on. Like, all the signs are there. Literally all the signs are there. Yeah, and if we were going to have this moment, like, we could have had this moment literally, like, like in 1960. I know that sounds crazy, Actually, but it's like there were so much, there's so much shit that has already happened and, like, people breaking their backs and their spirits years and years and years. And then now, like, specifically white people want to come in and be like, wow, like, I'm learning, and I'm like, okay. I, and I also don't have time to, like, teach you how to learn. I also don't have the... Um, energy. I, I, the energy. But more than anything right now, what I want to do is I'm really into Black intimacy, and not just, like, sexually, yeah. but, like, what we're doing now, you know? Uh, like, right now, I think it's important... Black people, for me, I'm like, all right, you can protest if you want. Like, I like, you, that's your like thing, you know. But like, make sure that once you're done with that, like, you're making sure you find some sort of joy and happiness. Right, I know, because it, it takes so much out of you. Yeah, exactly. And like, I right now, I'm just like really calling like a lot of like my black friends, and like, even like for me, I was like, like it doesn't matter how I knew you or anything like that. If you're like a black person that was in my life or in my life, right. like I just want to call and like check up on you and like tell you that like I care. And not that, and like white people are doing that to black people. Like, like oh, I just want to let you know I care. Okay, whatever. But I think it's different when you have like a black person tell you that like they care and like right. they're for and they're like there for you. There's like some sense of camaraderie and understanding there. Yeah, and like more than anything right now, I want to like build community. Like even with my film or like any art that I do, mm. I really am like in this space right now where I'm like, I need to build so much community with black people. And like, that's what I like want. Like I want to like, just have like my friends over and watch movies and like laugh or like, be with my family and cook you know and like mm. because that's a form of resistance right exactly and, and that and, and that's that type of thinking like that's gonna like keep this movement going like it's all it's all angles and sides you know it's the protesting it's the social media it's the community it's the having the tough conversations it's the phone calls it's like all of that and that's why I'm like so hopeful and and I love this time because I feel like black people and white in white black people are using all the tools from past and white people are one giving space for that and also joining in where they should and yeah they should and and it's tough for some people because I feel like some people at least that I know are still like 
trying to figure out like how to be anti-racist and i'm like we don't have the time i'm like we, i'm like we don't have the time literally there's a documentary that's an hour and 30 no i think it's two hours that you can teaches you everything everything honestly and if you still don't get it i uh, google google Ding. i'm i'm telling she works wonders she works overtime she clocks in she, she leaves and she's supposed to i'm telling you reliable this is reliable it's always there <laughs> okay um so we have to take a break um and we'll okay. with more chat what is up y'all there are currently 72 days until election day so it is very important for us to vote to vote early and to vote by mail if we can Head over to www.vote.org to register, request mail-in ballots, and to find your nearest polling place. And we are back with Justice Jamal Jones. So the reason I wanted to talk to you, I I love that we talked about um, community because I I saw um, a video, I think it was the video for your film, I knew it was you speaking and I saw one story and then I instantly followed and I followed you. And I was like, I, I was like, this person is in New York. And I was like, I need to reach out to more black creatives. I have been in New York for, uh, oh my gosh, a year. Oh, I've been in New York a year now. Um, um, and then I instantly followed you and I said, I need to find more black creatives. And I reached out because I saw that you were queer. And I was like, I need to have a conversation with this person because this movie um, is interesting. This movie is similar to my life. This movie is artistic. This movie is queer. This movie is black. This movie is etc. How to raise a black boy. Tell me about that and tell me where you came up with the idea yeah um so how to raise a black boy i think it's a really like strong statement <laughs> like oh, it's really it's like i'm like all right how to raise a black boy and i think that phrase hey. is a bit um it's a little bit cheeky i guess for me and putting it there like how to do this and like is that possible um so i started with how to raise a black boy with my um, really good friend, Daddy Ramazani, and his name really is Daddy, um, which is really amazing. It's re- it makes really great, great jokes and really great puns. Um, and he's a really great guy. Um, and like me and him, very different people, but very similar people. Um, mm. I happen to be like queer. He happens to be straight. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm from Nebraska. He is originally from Germany, I believe. We were like, oh my gosh, like we're so different, but we're so the same. And mm-hmm. we both are like, we both like modeled or whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but I feel like we're both definitely larger, bigger than what it means to be a model. No shade, but like we are like, like he's a director, like he's like a creative, and like I hope to be as good as him one day, you know? And like, we kept getting the same calls for things. Like we kept getting like the same callbacks to like modeling things. And we were like, yeah, we are like both black people, but like, 
we don't do the same thing. Like, he gives off very, like, stern, stoic, like, sexy Black man. And I can do that sometimes, but I'm, like, more, like, joyful, bubbly kind of look. Yeah. And, like, that, and, and like, that's not fair. We talked about, we're, like, there's so many nuances in being a Black boy, specifically. And in our world right now, it's really, like, tight. Like, I, like, it's a, like the, the category is really tight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is a phenomenon that is weird because there's so much nuance, like you said, to being Black. Yeah, there's so much nuance. And, like, we just realized, we were like, why is this category so tight? And we also, me and him had this joke about Black bats. I know this is really weird, but, like, in just, like, cinematography or like visually like the image of black men i would just recommend you look it up or just like in general there's always this like black back moment where they like have black men like turn around kind of and they show like their backs and they're like kind of moving and like this artistic like they're like in like the nowness kind of videos or like really like very like indie house and we were like why is this a trend and like what's happening here and like what From that the whole idea of Paris Black was a long story, but the whole idea started. We were like, what we want to do is create this like fashion film about like the diversity of black people and like black men and black bodies and all of that. Mm. And that's how it started. Um and when was this? This was like this time last year. Really? And, yeah and we would like get together at this place called fresco over and over again and like talk and chat and laugh and have and like i would i would probably cry or something you know like you know and like have all those moments and like Mm. and from that i think how to raise a black boy became something more because what it was was this intense brotherhood that me and daddy created Mm-hmm. You know, it was this, like, reaching across the table that happened that was just so beautiful. And I, we we realized that we, what we were talking about mm-hmm. was so much more than a fashion film. But it was this, it became, like, this documentary kind of feel thing. Yeah. And we wanted to, like, document like the ranges of black men you know hearing you talk i'm thinking about how you want to showcase different stories and you have a very powerful team because you are two different types of black male presenting people who share the same or similar experiences and and link to this one thing and i think me identifying as a non-binary person who's also black has very similar experience to what what's being said and so that's very 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 um i love that you're having multiple points of views because um i think it makes people think i think when you give people one thing and you say here this is this um like it take it or leave it um yeah it it can allow people to be narrow-minded about things yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so talk about how you um so i saw your 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 fierce team of creatives um in your team how did you go about curating these people and saying and bringing this idea to them and saying hey i have this idea i want you to be a part of it 
So I feel like for me, the like project itself kind of has like a mind of its own. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird. Like just to like even add on, like we had this documentary style film that now the film, the way it looks, it's a fairy tale. And that's wild, but who knew that was what Black men needed? You know, it's yeah. or like Black mask people. And I think in that fairy tale, it gets everything across we need to say in a simple way. Um, because it's at the end of the day, we were all Black boys. Or we were all Black children. Right. And there is like some sort of like whimsicalness to that. Mm-hmm. And there's some sort of innocence to that. And there's that, like, we're all trying to get back to that space of clarity. You know, like when you were in preschool and you could be whoever the hell you wanted to be. Stop. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we're all trying to get back to that clarity. Literally. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. That. Yes. Literally. Yes. I that is like I feel like I'm on a on a race to, to go hold that little kid's hand. Little me when I was and say teach me <laughs> tell me what happened yeah. what i mean um yeah yes i love that yeah and so with the creatives it was really just like me and like my team just like just kind of became like a family i guess and with becoming a family there's ups and downs you know like things aren't always good you know when especially the thing is is like there's, a, I think there is a difference between having like a team and like a family because a team, like you can kind of like smile and grin and bear things and be like, oh yeah, like everything's going well. But like when you are all like a family and you're all like emotionally invested in something, things get personal. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh-huh. And like, and like not everyone agrees and there can be like disruption and um, frustration, but it was everyone just kind of came in in like a spiritual space i really do believe in like the power of attraction and the law of attraction mm-hmm. you know and like it just felt like everyone was just coming in and it was very like um it like i just took i just like believed and like okay this would work you know like i i believed in yeah. bringing people in and not always having like oh it's my my vision but like what do they bring to it right what do they bring to the table mm-hmm. um were these people that you like were friends with or these people that you were in school with uh were they how did you um are these like longtime friends yeah um so my friend um alex who was doing the music for um the film, uh, curating the soundtrack. She, I literally was in a class with her at NYU and I knew her and I thought she was just so amazing and so wonderful. And then I saw her again at Gallatin, which is the same school we go to under NYU. And I was like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, I'm making music. And I was like, oh my God, so amazing. I'm making a film. Would you like to make music for my film? And she was like, sure. And I know it sounds crazy. And that was how fast it was. And there's no one else that could do it. Really? That yeah. So you're. Oh, I love that because I'm. I'm that way too. Um, whenever um, 
whenever I like came out of holding and I came home, I like didn't even sleep. I immediately started curating people to like um, help me with this podcast, help me with the logos that I, and I now have like two logos. I now have this podcast. I now have music being curated for it by all my friends. And, and I love, I love that you're that way because it's so funny how like easy things can be easy. One things can be in two. Someone's just like, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like, I think sometimes I was taught so much when I was younger, not taught by my parents, but by society that like things are hard. Yeah. And that like, and even with like our culture now, it's like, you better be on the grind. And I don't really like that word. So I'm like, what am I grinding? And like, that sounds painful. Literally. (laughs) Having this conversation with my parents because they were like, oh, uh, the economy shut down. You guys, you guys have to have work so much. You're going to save money. And I was like, no, 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 no. Our, my generation would rather yell and protest all day every day and then to go to work to fix an economy that doesn't work for them i was like baby i was like yeah do that <laughs> yeah and like i i want to like it's like things are so easy you know and like i always use that word even in making the film i was like it's easy and like i think that was a good way of saying it because like instead of being like oh this is hard or difficult when i started using words like that in my past I can never get anything done. Mm. You know, like, yeah, like the words you say, the words I say for myself, they often like, they manifest, you know, if I'm like, oh, this is hard or this is difficult or like, right. or even if I'm even doing that weird, like New York, like elitist thing where I'm like, if people ask you, how are you? You're like, I'm okay. I'm just like working on this and this is hard or yada yada. Everybody wants to say how tired they are. Like, I wanted to stop saying that because, like, sometimes it's, like, to be, like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my best and, like, I'm, like, I have good friends. But, like, tell people the truth, you know, like, and tell yourself the truth. So, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. What, what do you want your audience to take away from this film? If there's one or a couple things, couple takeaways from this film, what would they be? Um, this is a quote from the film, but the end of the world is just temporary. Mm. And that, these are both quotes, um, that generational, that curses um, are just generational habits unturned. Ooh, I love those. Um, so I think that's what I want people mm. to take away. I can yeah. I can see examples of those two things in my life. I love that. Yeah. And and so where are you where are you now with, with production? And I saw um that you filmed in January and then so you should be in what post production now? Yeah, I'm in post right now, um, which has been really exciting. I have this really amazing, amazing um, editor named Angie Nicholas. Mm -hmm. um, And she's just really doing doing the most, like, so amazing. Um, So we've been, like, right now we're curating these um, transitions Mm -hmm. that are, like, collages, kind of. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're, like, 
piecing together these collage moments um, to kind of give this more of a storybook kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also working with my narrator, whose name is Racine Pendarvis. And I thought that was a beautiful person to bring into the film. And they're the narrator. They just turned 70. And they have, and the, I, I realized that I wrote the, the whole the whole film in this like reflection moment like it reflects to our future which is really strange yeah. like the film is set in like the future but this person is also reflecting so it's kind of this idea that I wanted to show for black people that like what we've been through now has already happened and like we're only going to get stronger and there's going to be so much more i think even with racing now talking to them like it's so healing because you realize that like i sometimes get afraid for me like these are just like stupid stupid things but like i get afraid and i'm like oh my god i'll never find like someone who loves me i'll never like like my like relationship life has been so bad or like i i don't know like i just feel like such an out like i just feel so are you my content I, yeah, like, I feel, like, so weird and, like, not normal because I'm, like, this, like, black, queer, like, creature that, like, lurks through the world, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, when I hear Racine say, like, yeah, like, me and my husband or, like, me and my partner and, like, has grandchildren and, like, is, and is this, like, person who is, like, they say they're a, they're a father of five but a mother to many. And, like, that's a lot, you know? Like, like that's so much, you yeah. know? And to have, like, that soul there and to have, like, for me to realize there's so much more to life. Yeah. And, like, in a weird way, that's kind of what How to Raise a Black Boy is because, like, maybe we should raise Black boys to be infinite. Mm. You know? And that even in the name black boy doesn't even become necessary i'm just me yeah you know like i'm not just i'm not all of these identities all the time like racing's like yeah i am i happen to be black and queer and i'm part of the house of pendarvis and all of that but you can tell that they live on a different plane from that you know, they know themselves so well that their identity is racing. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think that's also the goal. That was a whole lot, but that's where I ended. <laughs> Sorry. No, I love it. I love it so much. I, I, I love that you're about this film and for me whenever I'm interested in something I like have all these questions and I love that uh, you just like answered so many um I was like question oh answer question oh ooh, I, I didn't know that uh you know uh, <laughs> what was it like um your process writing you know um I I like sometimes have trouble writing I like write music and for me uh-huh. don't really have a process I just kind of like spit stuff out you know so and obviously that's nothing compared to writing a film you know um so what's your process like and what was it like for this film my process was the visual i for me i see things in visuals that's the worst way i see everything 
Um, and so I really worked with my um, amazing director photographer, Alex Woolen. Um, he is um, this just, oh, just like, he's like my brother, you know, we're two different looking people. We're not the same. He's this like, I'm like, like this Asian man and this like tall black man, like we're together, but like, like people don't know, we have a bond of visuals that is so beyond. And like me and him, we worked so much in the shot list, you know, like all we did was like figure out how do we make beautiful images of black people? You know, how do we do that? I, I loved, I loved the imagery all on the Instagram page at, um, H-T-R-A-B-B film, right? On Instagram? Yeah, H-Tab film, yeah. Yes. Um, I, I loved how beautiful and the coloring and it just, it, it makes you feel, I don't, I don't know, just like at peace. I don't know. I can't even explain it. I just, it, I just love just how beautiful everyone was shot too um, and how the faces on all the um, Black men or black people, you could see it was just so beautiful and every detail. I was just, uh, I love black people so much. So the mouth. Yeah, and that's what we wanted to do, you know, just like, like the first thing I want is like, if you take anything from the film, I want you to think also like black people are beautiful, mm. you know, like. So damn beautiful. And it's like, and it's also easy for black people to be beautiful. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard for black people to look like ugly or to be like period not to not be beautiful and i think that's a misconception about our world you know like to be honest like we shot this and it's like put a light there put that there we got it you know it's like yeah like it's there's something so beautiful about that and like what we wanted to do is like curate the images for these people you know, I didn't want it to just be like, oh, Black people are here and we're substituting this in because, like, like it's, like, very much, like, just still, like, a, a white European story and we're just putting Black bodies in. No, I want it to be, like, we have, like, art direction that is telling the story if you look close enough. We have this, we have that, you know, and, like, it's all, like it's all like cohesive and it's all just like extreme beauty. Uh, yes. I think like, like, like just so like, just like portraits, you know, like that's what we made. We made, that's the best way of saying it. like we built portraits. And then from that, I said, it, I wrote before the portraits and then I wrote after the portraits to like kind of put it more in of like, to kind of like be more precise of what the story was about, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and yeah, I also, I'm also very like flexible with my script. I know that's weird, but like, I'm like, if this is better here, let's change it. I love that though. Oh my gosh, that you're gonna, uh, you're gonna get so much work. I'm telling you, and people are gonna love to work with you, especially as an actor. Let me just tell you. Flexibility, uh, girl, yes, is key. Yeah. And it's like, I just want it like, all right, 
let's fix like change it mm -hmm. you know like it doesn't have to like, like i said it's its own entity it has its own identity the the film it's its own spirit you know it may not be of in physical form yet and i think it takes physical form when we watch it mm -hmm. but right now i feel like strangely haunted by it um mm -hmm. i feel like these ideas aren't always mine i feel like they are of like an ethereal plane and I'm able to like maybe talk them out, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, and it, it will change and it, it, will, it will become what it wants to become. And I don't have that control. Right, yeah, that's awesome. So what's next for you? After quarantine with this, with this whole film, after this pause becomes a play, whenever that is, What's next for you? What would you like to see happen? What do you want to do? Um, I want How to Raise a Black Boy to like do festivals. Uh -huh. um, but not only just festivals, I also want it to really be, I want to write a curriculum around it um, for, um, for it to be like shown in like predominantly black spaces. Um, especially with Black young people and Black children. Yeah. Um, so I want it to be, like, of course, festivals are great. It's wonderful. But, like, to be honest, like, that's not the right audience. Like, that's good for me. Like, yeah. as a creative, that's, like, good for my ego. And that's good for my career. But it's not exactly the purpose. You know? Um, I want it to... I want black families to come watch it and to like be like huh that's a beautiful like fairy tale for like my children or like I want to like have it I want like um installations of it that also like the film is playing but there's like this beautiful like ethereal playground in the space mm -hmm. where like black people can like lounge and like talk and like explore and stuff like that so that's what I'm working on that's beautiful oh my gosh it's so needed it's so needed let me tell you it's so needed <laughs> and even even if even if like like someone gets nothing out of that and they get one thing at least they, it starts a conversation you know what i mean at least it's exactly. on at least they they take it in and whenever life confront them with that issue again they have to confront it and not ignore it you know what i mean um yeah and you're doing amazing work. And I'm really excited. I can't wait for this film to come out. I um, love the work you're doing. You are incredible. Um, thank you, too. Thank you. Um, I have one last question. What's one thing you have learned, one thing you are learning, and one thing you have yet to learn? Um, I have learned that you can be the full like ideal of who you are you don't have to like pick sides you don't have to always like switch for people you can find real like autonomy in your personality and who you are um i am learning right now to direct my energy better and to um like conserve my energy better with 
more like social spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the last question? What do I want to learn? Yeah, one you, one thing you're learning. Um, some people say Duolingo, like Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's something you want to learn or you have yet to learn. Um, I want to learn how to make music. Oh, me too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm right there with you. What kind yeah. of music are you into? I kind of want to make like spiritual house music. Okay. All right. And I know it's like different, but like very like. Ethereal? Like ethereal, like house music. Like I want to make like, so- are you familiar with like Sophie? I've heard of the name. Not, not probably anything else i think they make like interesting music but like i want to do like kind of like that but like healing music uh-huh. through like like with like vogue house beats i just want to figure out how to continue to like heal myself mm. and like heal others through art you know and lastly um before we go it's the record of the week um and this week it is ungodly hour by chloe x halley oh! Yes. Okay. Let me tell you, my two favorite tracks are Do It. Do It is like that track you have like 30 minutes after you've just sent the I'm on my way text. And like, you're like taking that last shot. You're finishing that last like eyeliner, that last curl. And you're like looking in the mirror and then you're time to go. And the Uber's like, girl. And you're just like, "Mm, I feel it. And then the other song is um, Lonely. Lonely is so, it's like that song that you put on like right after it rains and you roll the windows down. Yeah. Like a nice cry and, and you just like, you just feel it. Yeah. I favorite tracks. Have you listened to it? Okay. Yes. I love it so much. I think they're doing the work that I look up to wanting to do. You know, like it's a healing album. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's done really, like, it's sexy, it is, like, striking, it's, like, very fashionable, but it still, like, does the healing work. Like, well, forgive me. Oh. oh, my, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, the harmony, you must have me fuck. Oh. I was, like, wow. Right. And, like, even on Ungodly Hour, when the, like, call me when you want to, when you can love yourself. Yes. It, I was, like, that's right. One of my favorite things that they've ever said on one of their albums is um, uh, they go, you telling me I'm your everything is not needed right now. And I was like, yes, I feel that. Yes. Yeah. Love them so much. They're, they, um, I watched an interview with them and they were talking about how um, they sent the, um, the final cut version of the record and she had no notes and i was like that's when you that's when you know you're sitting on gold that's when you know this music is it it's still um atop the charts uh number one on itunes above chromatica no shade to chromatica um I no shade to chromatica, but like who cares like I, yeah it's needed yeah yeah very needed Yes, we've reached the end of the podcast. I want to thank you so much for being an amazing guest. You are awesome. And I'm so glad I got to meet you. Thank you. you.
to following your success. And if people want to follow you um, and get on board, if they want to see what you're doing, where can they follow you? Um, you can follow me at Justice Jamal Jones on Instagram. You can follow um, How to Raise a Black Boy on Instagram at htrab. That's H-T-R-A-B-B film. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Give them a follow. And you can follow me everywhere at It's Nick, I guess. At It's Nick, I guess. <laughs> and if you like this episode of Roaring Twenties, please, please, please leave me a review. Um, give me five stars. Let me know what you think. Or don't give me five stars. Let me know what you think. I love you guys so much for listening. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Roaring Twenties is a podcast that is recorded, edited, and mixed by yours truly. The music at the beginning and end of every episode is created by Elijah Lyons, and the cover art was created by Chris McClain. <laughs>